Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Craig Valenzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development, and each week we invite listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic insights from our in-house economics team. And welcome back to our first QPod for 2021 to our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Matthew, Happy New Year, and hopefully Santa looked after you late last year. Well, welcome, uh, Craig, and uh, Happy New Year to you too. Um, well, he did actually, Craig. Um, funnily enough, he opened the window of visits of allowable visits interstate to uh, Brisbane. He opened that window just in time for my daughters to be able to come and spend Christmas with us uh, up from Melbourne. They got back just before the lockdown. Ah, uh, the border closures. Yeah. Matthew, in my first week back, my straw polling has highlighted that most of us had a very quiet email-free break. However, not the new U.S. president appears. This week, we've seen the inauguration of the 46th U.S. president, and Joe Biden has certainly hit the ground running, issuing a number of executive orders on his first day. Matthew, what do you believe will be the key features of Biden's term? Well, Craig, initially, he's going to focus on fighting COVID, which he must bring under control if the economy is going to revive. And uh, he's got a 1.9 million, tri- oh, sorry, a 1.9 trillion, oh, it's, it's such a big number, Craig, you know, you've got to get it right, uh, American Rescue uh, Plan fiscal package, and that's going to be his main uh, policy instrument in this fight. Uh, his other focuses uh, are pretty well known, and they'll, they'll include immigration, they'll include the environment, uh, we'll also see changes to policies on international trade. And finally, uh, Biden will have to address issues of income, wealth and racial inequality, um, particularly to satisfy progressives within the Democratic Party. Yeah, it's a big mandate. And for our industry, of course, um, there's a real focus on responsible investing. And Biden returned to the US to the Paris Accord just hours after being sworn in. However, let's focus on that big fiscal package that you alluded to which will have significant economic impacts for the US, but as also for other countries. What are the key aspects of Biden's fiscal stimulus proposal that institutional investors should be aware of? Well, as I said, Craig, it's $1.9 trillion as it currently stands. That's about 9% of uh, US GDP. And that follows on from fiscal packages of $3.2 trillion or 15% of GDP over 2020, and including that latest fiscal package. It was just released in December, if you remember, Craig, which was uh, $900 billion. Look, the big ticket items in this Biden package are income support to low and middle ca- income earners in the form of uh, a $1,400 cash handout and extensions to boost uh, unemployment insurance. Now, these two items alone account for 40% of the total package. Now, the other Large ticket items are additional funding to state and local governments, particularly for health, and importantly, I think funds for a national vaccine, uh, vaccination and testing program, and uh, funds for schools and childcare. And those measures account for a, about a quarter of the package. In reality, Craig, the stimulus is really heavily focused on income support to U.S. households. Uh, as indeed most packages um, around the world have done, including here in Australia. And as such, what it is going to do is boost US consumer spending on both domestic goods and services and and on imports of the US from overseas. And it's through that international trade link 
that this US stimulus package will flow through predominantly to the rest of the world. The response of financial markets is going to be somewhat trickier to predict. The lift to US and global growth should be a positive for risk assets such as equities and uh, real assets, I think. Um, but the potential for higher inflation could dampen market expectations on um, the extent of central bank liquidity measures with the prospect of uh, higher interest rates, which could be a negative for risk assets. There's also the prospect of a weaker US dollar, which dampens that positive impact of US spending on goods and services in the rest of the world uh, as their currencies appreciate. And finally, there is still the issue of the hiking corporate tax rates, uh, not included in the budget, but which would reverse the boost to equity markets that we saw back in 2017 when the Trump administration lowered uh, the corporate tax rate. You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where in our first QPod for 2021, our chief economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the current economic foresights shaping your investment outlook. Matthew, can I take you back to late 2020? We previously spoke about the US elections on our QPod last October, and the economics team at QIC identified a number of possible election outcomes. With all the recounts that occurred in states such as Georgia in late 2020, where did we end up? Well, as we know, we ended up um, with a Biden administration and a Democrat control of the House of Representatives and the Senate, and that was a scenario that at the time we called uh, the blue wave, if you remember, Craig. But uh, that wave ended up uh, more like a, a typical Sydney Beaches day of tiny swells rather than the sort of monster swell that's currently hitting jaws in the outer reefs of Oahu and Hawaii, as you'd well know, being a, an old surfy there. I've, I've watched the Peter Mel video, mate. But can you yeah. briefly remind us what this will mean, this blue wave that is, Matthew, by way of a Biden administration being able to make that real change? Yeah, well, fundamentally, all legislation relating to budgets, meaning spending bills, revenue bills and debt bills, um, all of that sort of legislation must pass through Congress, uh, both houses. But importantly, it must gain 60% of the Senate votes to avoid the filibuster and pass into law. Uh, This means that to pass a budget bill, at least 10 Republicans would have to vote in favour Uh, of the bill and all Democrats would have to uh, vote in favour. Now, that's a very high hurdle given the current partisan nature of US politics and the fact that many of the big spending policies, including uh, an intended boost to the minimum wage, would not sit well with many uh, moderate Democrats, let alone the Republicans. If Biden can't get 60% uh, of Senate votes, He has another option. He can fall uh, back onto the process known as reconciliation, but this option uh, itself is not without its own difficulties. I want to get into that in just a second. You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where in our first QPod for 2021, our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the likely impacts the new policies of the 46th US president will have on the global economy. Matthew, you mentioned those reconciliation measures. What do they look like in practice? Well, as I said, only 51 Senate votes are required to uh, pass the reconciliation bills, and and that can be achieved uh, by uh, Vice President uh, Harris uh, exercising her tiebreaker vote following the passage of a budget resolution. However, there's limits on what can be included via reconciliation uh, to both spending, revenue and debt. 
Um, so some policies would need to be dropped, for example, the minimum wage hike and potentially some of the funding support to state and local governments um, would have to be dropped. And the process typically takes a considerable amount of time to implement. And at the moment, time's of the essence, as we know. Um, also, only one bill on spending, one bill on revenue, one bill on debt can be passed each year. So the Democrats have a strong incentive to actually load up uh, other priorities into um, uh, those bills via reconciliation, which could further delay the uh, passage of the rescue plan. At this stage, Craig, it actually remains pretty unclear how the package will pass Congress. However, under either approach, be it through the normal um, uh, resolution or through reconciliation, we would expect uh, a much more watered down version of the stimulus package to get through, either to gain public support or via exclusion amendments under reconciliation. And our current view is that um, slightly more than half the package will ultimately survive or around about $1.1 trillion, which would uh, lower the hit to the economy from 9% to uh, 5%. Now, that's still a very sizable boost to demand. Uh, mm. And our best guess is that it would still lift US GDP growth um, from about 3.7% uh, to just over 5% in 2021. So still, still sizable. And, and maybe just a, a quick follow-on question, which you might have already answered partially, Matthew, but when you consider the likely outcomes you just described for the US economy of Biden's policies and that ability to pass those measures, can Biden ma help make America great again? Well, yeah, Craig, I'm confident um, with the budget measures in place, even the watered-down version, and with a better COVID vaccination plan in place, the US economy can stage a swift comeback. But I don't think that's enough on its own to make America great again. Uh, for me, it's really Trump's nativist politics and his economic mercantilism that was going to stunt both the economic growth and the political influence of the US around the world. And Biden's challenge, in my opinion, is really to halt that inward-looking us versus them politics of mega of the MAGA movement, and he's got to stop that from putting down even deeper roots into the US society. Now, the bar's still high. We've got to remember over 70 million people still voted for Trump. For me, the US under Biden actually has the best chance of galvanising the democratic countries uh, around the globe, um, both in terms of politics and in terms of economics. Now, what this means for this to happen, it means that the US has to re-engage with its traditional allies on issues to do with trade, the environment, immigration and economic and racial equality. Um, can he sell this more outward focus to his constituents at the same time to stem the growing polarisation in US society? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Matthew, it's been great to reconnect and hear how a new US administration is going to shape 2021. In a world continue to deal with significant financial and, of course, health volatility, a unified U.S. administration certainly has appeal. But with a blue wave outcome, we are now watch for how persuasive Biden can be in effectively passing these policies. And I, for one, are really looking forward to seeing how Biden will approach those international relations you mentioned, Matthew, particularly China, given the significance this will have in our region. I'm Craig Valenswell for QIC's QPod, and if you have any questions or comments for us, please email us at qpod at qic.com. Thank you for listening and have a super weekend.